I got great news. We have two as brother and sister in Christ. If you haven't heard, I want to introduce to you our brother and sister in Christ, the Hunters, Alan and Liberty. We want to stand up and get a round of applause. Come on, stand up. Awesome. You may be seated. It's, uh, it's great stuff. You know, the Bible says that there's more joy in heaven when one of us becomes a Christian over the 99 of us who are already in there. So uh, they were hooping and hollering in heaven. I, I, you know what? I'm an old man. What day was it last week? Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. Okay. It was close, right? Anyway, uh, Liberty made me cry. Thank you very much. You know what? I was pretty cool, calm, and collected until she came up out of the water sputtering. And it wasn't because she was drowning, because she was crying with joy. So I decided to join her. <laughs> so it was pretty exciting. Praise the Lord. So anyway, I'm going to do what I should do normally. I got the in the habit, and then I, I guess something happened. The, the, the vacation happened, and I just kind of lost it. So we're going to do... Uh, Encouragement. Wow. Here we go. Thank you very much. You're awesome for coming up and helping me out. Carrie, you you outdid yourself last week feeding the men before the men's meeting. Thank you for your foresight. It made the meeting much more enjoyable. At least that's what my guys said. Thank you. And uh, I'll tell you what, how many were at the men's meeting last week? How many went away hungry? Yeah, no hands up. I'm telling you what, Carrie, that was awesome. Thank you very much. That was very sweet of you. There you go. All right. You rocked it, Ryan. Awesome job. There's power in the blood, but even greater glorious power in his resurrection. Let's remember to use this great resurrection power this week. And uh, I praise God for both of my sons being up here serving today. That was a pretty special sight for me. So thanks, guys. Um, Miss Tamara, I like that you're teaching me Thai. <laughs> That's great. Good job, Ty. All right, Mr. D, your message was awesome. Hey, Ty, you're on a roll, man. It's very good. All right. Mr. Andrew, I like you being my Bible class teacher. Braxton. Oh, that's pretty sweet, man. That's awesome. That's good stuff. And uh, I just really appreciate my son, Ryan coming up here because he gets to experience what it's like up here when he makes that fire nice and roasty warm. <laughs> <laughs> you have a sweater on, man. I don't know how you did it. Uh, whew. Okay. Oh, I do have some announcements. Um, let's see. Uh, Monday evening, Compton Place, chicken and bacon chili for all the college age folks that come on out. And I'm glad I'm a part of the college age group. <laughs> yeah, my wife's a great cook. It's awesome. It's Thursday, ladies. Thing? Okay. Thursday is on. Wednesday night, once again, at the Parks Place, we're going through uh, um, Hebrews. And uh, you'd be shocked at uh, how quick I was in completing two whole chapters of Hebrews. And it didn't take me a whole year. I got it done in a couple months. It's shocking. So, uh, but we're slowing down now in the in the third chapter, so I hope you can show up. Uh, also, too, I want to remind everybody, in light of, you know, the Omicron virus seems to be going crazy, and it is, uh, that thankfully it's not as tough on people as uh, the other, the Delta. 
And uh, I haven't caught the Omicron, thank goodness. But we do have uh, our Valera Pro air systems, and they're started, and they, they, we turn them up full blast to bring the air through, kill everything in the air, and then shoot out everything. Uh, that's All the uh, atoms are ionized, which means they become killing agents for anything biological, not humans. Uh, we're talking bacteria, virus, and uh, germs. So, and it's not only just in the air, but also anything it touches. So I'm really thankful for that. Uh, we had a big conference, and they have big, gigantic commercial ones now. And there's over 300 people in the uh, audience, and they had these big commercial. These are small, but big commercial ones. So I'm looking into seeing if we might get a donation of, of one or two of those. Uh, for that big old place up at camp so that people would, where people are sitting together, you know, listening and watching and stuff. Now, obviously, when you're eating together, the COVID virus doesn't realize that it can attack you because you're sitting down and eating. I don't know if you knew that or not. The Chinese were so nice in making sure they, they created that virus to do that. But when you're sitting listening Bible study, then you need to be covered. So, in light of that, that I'm going to look at getting in the industrial... Um, you know, Valara Pros. So, thank you for letting me say that. I just felt like I needed to. All right. Well, we got a we got a birthday this week. Oh, there is one other very important uh, announcement that will be shared with this congregation only after uh, the the morning assembly. And Mr. Brian Bragg is going to come up and share that. And so I'm thankful for him. Good brother. And uh, he's going to share that. And I have another announcement as well that we'll share after, just for our assembly. So, got to keep it in the family, right? Uh, so, Brad, uh, 29 years old. You're looking pretty good, dude. It's great. <laughs> Glad you made it down with your lovely, wonderful family. Uh, I'll tell you what, my wife's a great cook, but Melinda is really an amazing cook, too. I have been able to con restart my driving to Dallas every Tuesday. And, uh, you know, food's always a great motivator, so, wow. We had some, we had some, uh, uh, what was it? It was venison chili? No, 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 two weeks before. Venison chili. Venison stew. Venison stew, and was that barbecued? Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Anyway, sorry that all I had to say that. It's just great. So thank you. Uh, McKinney family for being here today, but also helping me survive. All right. But anyway, we're going to sing happy birthday to you. 29 years old. How does it feel to be 29? It's a struggle. Is it a struggle <laughs> to remember when it was? <laughs> Anybody else have a birthday coming up this week? Okay, man, you're the star. Here we go. <laughs> No, sorry. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woo! All right. Yes. It's <laughs> great. All right, well, let's grab our Bibles and turn to uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going to read a little bit enlarged version of this passage, and I think you'll know why. We're going to read verse 5 down through verse 10. And if you have a, a, you know, your note sheets with you, you'll note that the title of the lesson this morning is, Thus saith the Lord, comma, 
Pause for dramatic effect. Cursed is the man. We'll finish the rest of that here in just a minute. You're saying, great, good news. Well, it is good news. I'd rather know what's coming than to be uh, a blindsided. Amen? Okay, thank you very much. Let's, let's pray and then read. Father, we're excited about this message. We're excited about, Father, you helping us to understand that in this life, there are challenges that we need to be aware of up front. And we need, really do need to be as shrewd as serpents and yet innocent as doves, meaning we need to be uh, discerning. Uh, we need to be discreet in our, our decisions and, and uh, knowing there are consequences to those things, our relationships as well. And Father, I just pray that you would also help us to realize that our motives should always be innocent. And uh, what we do, we do for you. I just pray that you'll help us to see that today. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning there in verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he'll be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. And I know that might be a hard visual for you to grab, but we're going to work on that next week in regards to he will be like this person in the desert. But then it goes on, and we've looked at this one already. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear, uh, will not fear when the heat comes but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. But notice again, there's a statement about the human heart that I think it's important for us to hear this morning. Verse nine, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give each man according to his ways according to the results of his deeds. I don't know if you saw the email that I wrote this morning, but you know, there are some sermons that are just like, wow, this is such a positive, empowering, encouraging sermon. I just love those. And then sometimes we get sermons like today where we might go, wow, that wasn't as powerful and positive as encouraging in others. But really, honestly, every sermon, if it's from the Word of God, can be very powerful, can be very positive, and can be very encouraging. It's your perspective. You know, I've really appreciated before when others who've gone on before me have warned me about potential dangers that are coming my way. I remember a gentleman by the name of Pete Geyser, super great guy, super wonderful man. He was my second supervisor when I was working for the Forest Service. And so Pete, when he said, hey, I'm your new supervisor, great guy, solid, excellent leader, uh, followed him, worked with him. He was one of those guys that would lead by example so that you knew, hey, you know what? That's the standard. I'm going to live up to that standard rather than the guy saying, just shut up and go do it because I told you to. Or it, he was that great uh, leader. Well, the next summer, 
Pete was back there as my supervisor, but his face was just maimed. This side of his face was just maimed. Just totally. Looked like a dog had just chewed on his face and messed it up. And he says, you know, we're going to go through some training this summer. In fact, this summer, there's going to be an awful lot of training on, on how to use chainsaws. You're going to learn how to fall trees so that you don't die. You're going to learn how to buck and you're going to learn how to cut brush. And you need to understand that this tool is a powerful tool, but it's also a tool that can kill you. And so he would bring a salve, a vitamin E salve, and consistently throughout because it messed up his eye and here. And so he would put that on. You know, that's a pretty sick picture, but the reality is, is I'm glad he warned me. There are things about a saw that there's so much power in those saws that they can get away from you, especially the small ones. You think the big ones are the super dangerous ones? Well, they're all dangerous if you don't use them right, but the small ones are exceedingly dangerous because you don't think about it, and the torque in that tip, man, can come right back on you, and you, don't, you can't stop it. That's why those bar breaks are really good, but depending on how you're cutting, the bar break may not be there when it kicks back. So I so appreciated him telling me up front, and there was no bar breaks back then, telling me up front, you need to watch because this is what could happen to you. Now, he was living proof every time I saw him. I don't know about you, but having evidence that a saw can do something like that every time you look at somebody, at first it's all you could see. I mean, it's sad. Very good man, disciplined man, super leader. But after that, for a long time in that, that summer, that's all I could see when I looked at him. But you know what? I appreciate the fact that he cared enough to make sure that we were trained in every facet of using the saw. And I haven't cut myself. Obviously, my face is still intact. I mean, there's other issues with my face, but not a saw cut, right? And so uh, this sermon is about be careful. Be careful. We are supposed to trust the Lord. And I would share with you in this first point where it says, you know, do not put your trust in mankind. Wow, I can't trust anybody. That's not what that word mankind means. It's actually identified. You go look at the Hebrew word. It identifies particular members of the human race that you should not trust. Thank you for giving me that information up front. I think I've already met some of those, right? But... The scriptures are clear. and He's trying to help us to make sure that those whom we trust are trustworthy. Those whom we put faith in are faithful. And so there are some folks that are not, and there's evidence, and you can see the evidence. Point number two is, is uh, be careful not to misplace your trust in self. When it talks about, you know, the trusting in the arm of strength or the flesh of strength, it's talking about your own self. That's why verse 9 down through verse 11 is important. Hey, you need to recognize you can, you can deceive yourself. You can think you got it all dialed in. If you're not using the word of God as the standard every day to challenge your thinking, to challenge your thinking and your motives and your morals, if you're not using the word of God, 
you're being communicated to do by, by somebody. You know, your, your mobile device is communicating always. How often times is it communicating with the voice of God versus the voice of what? Man. And so it's important for us to recognize we need to be careful and make sure that we are men and women of integrity faithful because we're growing in the word. Finally, you know what? If you start, if you start choosing to put your trust in other things and other people, it'll steal your heart. Those things will steal your heart. You know, Jesus said, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so whatever's most valuable to do, that's where your heart's going to go. So I pray that you'll put God and his word first and foremost. Now let's get right into it then this morning and take a look at this point number one. And if you'll grab your notes and take a look, it says here, uh, beware of misplaced trust in mankind. Do not trust a person who is. Now there's two kinds of people that this word mankind identifies. The first one is the hypocrite. So do not trust a man or a woman who is a hypocrite. Now what's a hypocrite? Now the word hypocrite, as some of you know, from way back in what, 2019, when we talked about sincerity, the word hypocrite actually comes from the theater. You mean the theater's been around since Bible times? Oh yes, oh yes. And remember, the, if you go to uh, the Holt Center, you see those two faces, the smiley face and the Nefroni face. That's been around since ancient times. That's been pretty symbolic of theater. And so it's so important for you to recognize and understand that, that people can put on a show. It means to put on a facade. It means to masquerade. It means to act like something that you're not. You know, God said that the inner man is the real man. But it's important as Christians to be sincere that the inner man is completely devoted and yielded to Christ and his word. So that you live your life according to that. So what is revealed is a man of character, a woman of character. Your personality, of course. God created you with the, your own special personality. Don't change that. You do not lose your psyche, your identity, your personhood, but you gain the power to live as Christ, as a Christian. And so please understand that as you grow in integrity, you become the man or the woman that God created you to be. And you are then real. You are then genuine. You are, as we learned back in 2019, you are created in Christ Jesus. You're the genuine article. You're not faking it. You are real. You ever heard about cosmetic Christianity? Cosmetic Christianity is putting on the show. The problem is, is those people will always have tells. He who is unfaithful in a little thing, look out. Jesus said he will be unfaithful in much. So if there's a little thing, you need to be thoughtful and mindful and watch even more intently. And you know what? You know this is true. If you see someone that is, that is being unfaithful in a little thing, if they're a brother or sister in Christ and you know them and they know you, they should allow you 
to approach them and say, I'm concerned about you, brother. I'm concerned about you, sister, because you know this thing is devastating. We need to be teachable. By the way, if you know someone who's not teachable, watch out. If they know all things, watch out. Those kinds of people, and you go back to the book of Proverbs, those kind of people cause problems. They do. It says that the wicked man is the scoffer. The wicked man is going to cause you know, upheavals. And then it also says, in that same context, the one who is unteachable, it doesn't use that word, but that's what the Hebrew word means, one who is unteachable will cause the same exact problems. So it's important for us to recognize this hypocrite has some tells. If you have grown in the word of God, you know what a good man, a good woman, the genuine article looks like. So if you suspect a little thing and you have a relationship, then you need to talk to them about it. If you don't have a relationship with them, just be very watchful. And don't make any large commitments. That's when he says, do not trust mankind. The, the cursed is the man who trusts mankind. Literally should be, cursed is the man who first would trust a hypocrite. And so it's important for you then to go back, and I would encourage you to look at the studies that we did in 2019 about being sincere. You know what sincerity looks like, and we also talked about what hypocrisy looks like. And you can get those lessons online and you can get them in print. I have them in print. If you want them, ask me for them. But look at, in point number one, it says, misplaced trust in mankind is also not to trust a man of low degree. The word low degree means poor character, a.k.a. modern translation. Low degree means poor character. One who lacks integrity and virtue. Integrity is a solid moral standard. Their thoughts, their words, and their actions are consistent. And if they make a mistake, they will seek forgiveness. And they will change. That doesn't mean you trust them. Because integrity takes an awful long time to build. How many know that when trust is broken, it can be broken in one foolish decision. And it takes months and years to build back the trust. Now, you can extend forgiveness, but nowhere in the Bible have I found where it says you extend forgiveness and then you need to, you need to give them your full trust. You show me in the Bible where it says that and I'll change my sermon. It's not in there. They grant forgiveness, pray for Pray for repentance, pray for change, absolutely. But be careful about that trust. So here's, I got a question for you. I used to work in this, uh, when I'm in high school, and ran the student store. And uh, the reason I got the program is because it was $3,000 in the red. And the, the principal said, we've invested so much money in that program with all of the equipment and all the facility. And uh, uh, we fired the guy that was running the program for a whole host of reasons none of which I was allowed to know, which is fine. But they said, okay, you have a, one year to turn that thing around. So we had to get out of the hole by $3,000. I had a group of young people that were under the tutelage of that guy that got fired. 
And they come marching into class and they were like, why old? And I was thinking, okay, this is going to be fun. So I sat them down and I said, do you anything, know anything about capitalism? They all blank stares. Obviously, they hadn't they'd been taught. I said, the harder you work, the more you make. Unfortunately, in this school store management class, there's no way that you could be in the hole $3,000. There is only, there's no overhead here. The electricity is paid for by the school. All of the equipment has been paid for by the school. The facility has been paid for by the school. You're not paid, and that's the biggest expense. There's only one expense, the cost of goods sold. And obviously, your pricing looks good, so that means product is walking out of the store. And I believe the product is walking out of the store, the front door and the back door. It can't happen any other way. You're saying, I'm saying there's no other way that you could be $3,000 in the hole. You tell me any other way. Product is walking out front door and back door. I said, would you like something more than a candy bar once a day? Would you like to travel to New York? Or Seattle or San Diego? You know, their eyes light up. I said, if I can get that done for you, will you make sure that stuff doesn't go out the back door and stuff doesn't go out the front door? I laid a plan out. I said, I guarantee we had it in writing after I talked with the principal. Once we got out of the hole, 3000 then we had $3,000 seed money for the following year. I said, every dime after that 6000 the first $6,000 after cost of goods sold, not sales, mind you, we're talking profit. I said, after we pay ourselves out of the hole and we set money aside, every penny after that, above the cost of goods sold, will go to financing a trip wherever you want. They went, are you kidding me? I said, no, I'm kidding you. Where do you want to go? We, we, they, they'd never heard of such a thing. I said, that's capitalism. But you have to be ones who do not let it go out the back door or the front door. They were selling their soul for a candy bar every day. Could I trust them? What's the answer? For, they're selling their soul for 50 cents. It was actually 35 cents back when I started, but don't tell anybody. They're 99 cents now. They're only a nickel when I was a kid. But anyway, that's besides the point. You're selling your soul for 35 cents. That's what I told them. I said, that's how much you value yourself? You're infinitely valuable. Now let's make good on going somewhere really exciting. And all, all of it will be paid for by your hard work and making this thing fly. You know how much money we made after the first 6000 $4,000. I said, where do you want to go? We, we want to go spring skiing in Bend. I mean, I was thinking, where did I find you kids? That's where I would want to go. <laughs> so guess what? They chose to become people of integrity because they were motivated by something. You know what we should be motivated by? Getting to heaven.
You know what we should be motivated by? The honor and respect of God and man because we are men and women of integrity. You see, the man or woman of integrity will be unfaithful in little things. And you watch. If they're unfaithful in a little thing, they're going to be unfaithful in a big thing. 35 cents? No wonder we were $3,000 in the hole. And you know what's funny is none of those kids balked at me when I laid it all out because they saw there was a better way. There is a better way for us to seek Jesus Christ and the standard of his word. We've been studying integrity, haven't we, Vaughn? I appreciate it. This young man said, hey, you know what? I want to make sure that I don't fall prey to this crazy culture. Hey, can we study together? And I said, let's study integrity. He goes, yeah, that's exactly what I want. Integrity is an ethic, a standard, and Jesus is that standard of integrity. So when you look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, and faith in the middle of faith is trust, and integrity is unshakable, just like that mountain in the picture of this year's theme, that mountain's unshakable until the Lord Jesus comes back. It's a picture of trust. So, brethren, I want you to understand that you need to watch for people that are unfaithful in a little thing. Because if someone's righteous in a little thing, they're going to be righteous in much. Now, I want you to take a look at the second point, misplaced trust in self. And notice it says there at the bottom, point number two, beware of misplaced trust in self. Do not trust in your own, are you ready? Do not trust in your own self, capital S. Self. Self is the greatest idol that will deceive you and steal your heart away from the Lord Jesus. That is the idol that we most need to protect ourselves from. Self will pull other idols in. Sensuality is one of those. And so for point number two, do not trust in your own self. And I'm going to suggest that you, brother, sister in Christ, have physical limitations. I would say that you have energy limitations. And you have time limitations. There are other physical limitations, but I want to just camp on those two for just a moment. Jesus says, do not make a vow, but let your yes be yes and your no, no. If you make a vow and don't follow through, the Bible says that's sin. And so when you make a commitment, you need to make sure that you follow through in that commitment. And that's why it says, do not vow under your own hurt. In other words, be careful before you make a promise. When I say somebody, I'm going to meet him at 1.40. I'll always call before I'm leaving, like we did last time. I said, hey, I'm running a little bit late. I just got out of a study. I'm going to be there. And so we, we talked about it. Because I did not want him to think that I was not a man of integrity, that I wasn't going to be there at 1.40. I wanted to know what was going on. Did you appreciate that? And it kind of helped us work out that schedule a little bit better, wasn't it? You see, it's important then for you to understand in the little things, how important that is. And so recognizing a limit in energy and in a limit in time, be careful in the commitments you make because in this world, people are going to judge you based upon your follow through. And we want to honor God and follow through. And when we honor God and follow through our commitments, people see that, they're going to recognize you're not like the normal Joe. 
or Josie. You follow through. And that's a rare thing in this world right now. And so you make sure that you do not bow into your own hurt, but when you make a commitment, you follow through on that commitment. You're saying, well, I know a lot of times, or you might say, or others might say, I know, but there's a lot of people that know me. Bill, I know that. You have not followed through. Then oftentimes I've had to go back and eat crow and ask for forgiveness. So I'm a little bit more careful now. We all should be more careful now. So that people know us as men and women of integrity and virtue. But you know, when you look at it again, trust in the human strength, trust in this, this arm of flesh. Might I encourage you to recognize and understand that you are limited in your knowledge, you are limited in your understanding, and you're limited in your wisdom. I think I could get an amen on that one if we're really thinking about it. You know, there's only one that's unlimited in all of those. The Lord. And he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness, quoting the scriptures. Everything for life, knowledge, understanding, and godliness, wisdom. It's all here. And that's why we want to go back to the word. Now, there are good men and women in this audience that I trust. And the reason I trust them is they have been over the years, men and women who have supported me, even when I've pulled a knucklehead or two or 10 or they're pretty countless. But they've remained faithful and loyal and they've helped me to grow as I have been committed to helping them grow. You see, it's important for us to recognize, brethren, that there are men and women here that you can trust. There are men and women here who are faithful. They have proved themselves over and over again. And all of us need to come up to the full measure of the stature which belongs to Christ. The only one who is perfect every moment of his life. We need to follow in his footsteps and listen to his word and apply it to our lives. Then we become trustworthy. And the church flourishes and grows. Do not trust in human strength, power, or might, specifically your own. You need to trust in the power of the Lord. The announcement I'm going to make after assembly has to do with uh, giving a prayer request for you because I've made a commitment, and that commitment is huge. And with your prayers, God will help me fulfill that commitment. It's a commitment that will touch every heart here in Lane County. And I pray that as we talk about that, you would be prayerful and maybe even become involved. Do not bow into your own hurt. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> but I know I have brethren here that would prayerfully appeal to God to help me with the, the power to do what needs to be done. Finally, point number three, turning the heart away from the Lord. You know, when, when you put other people and other things as more important, they steal your heart. That's what idols do. They steal your heart of worship. In fact, the whole concept of worship is actually in the Hebrew language here in regards to turning your heart away from the Lord. It literally means turning to false idols. Your heart, your mind, your devotion is turned to idols instead of the one true God. Can we enjoy the wonderful blessings in this life? The answer is absolutely positively, we can they were given to us by God to enjoy. But they should not become that which 
drives us, that which we always think about and give our heart, mind, soul, and strength to, but rather enjoy the blessing that was given. So look at the two points on the back of your lesson plan. It says, to turn away means. Let me tell you what that word in the, in the uh, Hebrew is. It's the word sore, S-O-O-R, like poor, sore. And it actually means to depart or withdraw from God's leading, from God's way. Sewer means to, to depart or to withdraw from God's leading, his path. It actually literally means to turn off and go in an opposite direction. It's like you're going down the freeway. And you're going to your destination and you decide, you know what? I'm going to turn off here because that's what I want to do. You know, we need to recognize and understand that there's only one way to heaven. There is a countless ways to the lake of fire. Jesus said, broad is the way. And many are on that path. But as he says, straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads unto life and few there are that find it. I'm in the business and we are in the business. It's our purpose in life to help people find the way by looking and seeing our lives, integrity, virtue, as it says here, our purpose in Christ Jesus is to glorify God, to manifest his great and glorious character in our bodies. So people can go, yes, Nicole, you're a young woman of integrity. You're a young woman of virtue. I can look to you and I know how to live a life that is honorable, that is one that I can trust. That's powerful. I appreciate you a ton, by the way. It's important for us to recognize and understand that our lives draw people. Hey, look, if you've made mistakes like I've made mistakes, you know what you do? You should go to the person that you hurt and say, would you forgive me, please? I messed up. I was living it for myself. And I know I hurt you. Would you forgive me? And I don't know what I can do to make it up, but I am going to try. I just need to know what I can do. And if there's nothing I can do, I'm still going to strive to be the man that God has called me to be. Now, whether you or whoever I go to grants forgiveness to me or not, I need to say that. I need to do that. And then I need to become that man or woman of integrity. And you've actually seen me do it here publicly. Many years ago, I asked Scott to forgive me for being a very poor leader. And he was standing right back there. And he said, you need to forgive me for. That changed the whole direction of our church body, by the way, didn't it? It changed the whole direction of our church body. And we've made good. I love this man. I appreciate this man. I trust this man. He's devoted himself to serving the Lord and his family. Beautiful family. Wonderful, sweet wife. She's become such a dear servant in the church. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Wow. Touching hearts over and over and over again. Her kids, their kids, I'm sorry. <laughs> what great servants. I praise God. 
But we needed to get our lives straight because we had this, this animosity between us and everybody in the church knew it. And so I asked them before I did that public. I asked them to forgive me privately. And then I, I said, I'm going to go public. I, we really need to do this. So, brethren, I want you to understand something that we can easily be turned if we don't follow the ethic, the standard, the integrity of Jesus Christ. That's why I say preachers need to, teachers need to call everyone to the full measure of the stature which belongs to Christ so we can trust each other and build and grow the body of Christ. So when people come out here, they go, well, I was expecting a bunch of hypocrites because that's usually what is going on in those buildings. In many cases, that's true, and it's terrible. But it should not be in Christ's church. Brethren, I want to close with this thought. What gets turned away from the Lord? The spiritual heart. You know, your spiritual heart, as we've talked about before, it's going to be real quick. Your spiritual heart is how you think things through. If you don't use the Bible as the standard by which you govern your thinking... Your thinking will be messed up. Paul said, do not be taken through taken captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the elementary principles of the world, the traditions of man. But you be taken captive by the mind of Christ. Brethren, if you're not reading every day, you're listening to music, you're listening to people, you're looking on your, your uh, mobile device, you're surfing or whatever that stuff's called, and you're being taught, people are whispering in your ear, and who you allow to whisper in your ear is going to direct you in the path. Let God speak to you so that your mind will be clear, so you can truly discern good and evil and make right choices. Because that's going to change your motives. That's going to change the intention of your actions. Your motives will change. You'll no longer be killing yourself to, to become the very best at this or the very biggest bank account. Or the, oh, you, you will not do that. You'll go, Lord, I want to serve you with my whole being. And so however you want to work that out, I just want to come to you every day. Teach me, guide me. You know, it's pretty amazing that you're, you will change. Delight yourself in the Lord to give you the desires of your heart. If your desire was a Mercedes Benz, that's probably not coming your way. Just saying. Okay? But if your heart's desire is to serve the Lord and you need a, a reliable vehicle, a reliable vehicle's coming your way. Now, could it be a Mercedes? Sure could. But notice you didn't pray for a Mercedes. What did you pray for? To serve the Lord, Lord, help me to serve you. That's all I'm asking. I don't care how it is that you help me to serve you, but help me to serve you. Here's my talents and abilities, and God will provide. You see, that's so important, that our motives then are not for stuff for me, but to serve the Lord, and God blesses richly. You know, that is going to bring about a change of emotions. Your emotions are dependent upon your actions based upon your decisions. You decide to go ballistic on somebody driving down uh, Gateway, not Gateway, uh, Beltline, and then they follow you home. You got problems, Houston. In this culture, you got problems. They follow you home, you got big problems. And you know what I'm talking about. Who brought that on? 
your road rage and foolishness, guess what? Man, that made you feel good in a moment, but it's not going to feel good in just a little bit. It's important for you to recognize and understand those emotions come from your choices. You make a good choice, your emotions are great. You make a bad choice, the bad emotions are coming. Maybe not immediately, but they'll come. That's for sure. And then finally, the deepest part of your heart is the heart you need to protect. Please read, if you would, Proverbs 4. Please read that. Guard your hearts. It's the wellspring of your life. Literally, it's talking about the moral standard that you choose should be the life of Christ. Because then, brethren, in all that you do, God will love and appreciate. Evil men and women won't, but good men and women will. And your your life will be blessed. And the challenges that come will help you grow your faith. They'll help you grow into an even stronger person. My prayer is that as we go through all of these, we'll learn how to be a trustworthy man, a trustworthy woman. You're saying, you said you were going to do that. Yes, we will do this. But I'm laying the groundwork for why. Why we need to do this. And how we need to do that will come. I just want to let you know that's where we're headed. And uh, there's some great preachers coming on in Oregon Family Camp. And I hope that you can make it. There are more registration forms out there. Lots of folks grab the registration forms. And a lot more registration forms have been grabbed out there than have come in. I'm just saying. And so you might want to fill those out. And we really would love for you to to make the commitment to be up there. And I'm going to share this. I got a phone call. I got a phone call this morning. And a middle-aged man said, I'm bringing five young men who've heard about what's going on in Pleasant Hill. And they want to know what it means to be genuine. They want to know how to live their life for Jesus Christ. I don't know about you that put a little pressure on me. Okay. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's okay, though. It's okay. Because I believe we have grown so much. We're real. I believe that so many of us are growing in that. To the full measure of the stature which belongs to Christ, that's the goal. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, now we want to praise you and thank you so much for your word. And Father, although we haven't gotten completely through this this very first anchor passage, I pray, Father, that we would get through it before family camp. It's, It's an important foundational piece. I'm not asking other men to preach on this passage. I'm asking them to preach on the multitude of passages that will complement and confirm what this passage is actually saying. And I'm excited about the men who are coming. Really, really good men. Men who have studied the scripture. Uh, some of them are longer than I have. And uh, I'm just excited about having them come out. We got some new young firebrand preachers coming on too that I'm excited about as well. And so I pray, Father, that you would help us all to be devoted to going and growing, but also to participating, sharing and caring and building others up. You know, we are a light on the hill here, and I pray that we could that light could touch other congregations as well. So many, sadly, are led by law and uh, 
uh, personal expectations of, of leadership. I think it's so important for us to realize that we always look to Jesus as the standard. And I pray that they would see that. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand up and get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to? Go. Let's try that once again a little louder. What did Jesus, because I don't think they heard on the thing. What did Jesus Christ say to do? He said to? Go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings, King of Kings. Now don't leave. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.